0: This morning, I'm going to invite Jessica to come up. We're, I'm not really doing a sermon. It's a laid-back service. I'm go, we're going to do a reading of Scripture with, with commentary. It'll be brief and short. We know the kids are in here this morning, so grateful that uh, you came. And I trust if we sit on these stools, you'll be able to see us. If not, you can make your way forward a little bit to get a little bit closer, but make it a little bit easier for you. Um, and And so... <clears throat> The, the, the title of this is Magi, Maniacs, and Migrants. I think you'll understand why as we walk through uh, the story. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 2. Um, and, and in between, I'll make some, some brief commentary to help us understand what we are reading, to pay attention to some of the details that we might otherwise miss. This story is what is called a comedy. It's the mixture of a tragedy and a comedy in the old way of saying those terms about a genre. It describes what we will see here, a, a tragic story which contains enough comic elements to lighten the overall mood. And in this case, results at least in the grand sense, a happy ending. Um, at times, we are to feel the suffering in the story. At times, we might laugh. So both of those things come together as, as, we, as we hear this story. And so... Jessica is going to be reading the text from the NIV, and then I'll comment, so let's go ahead and begin. My mic is on, yes.
1: So this is from
0: Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem
1: in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. Come to worship
0: him. Now, we're so used to hearing this story, we might miss what is unexpected here. The, the interplay between Herod and the Magi could easily have been run as a comic strip in, a comic strip in the uh, Jerusalem Times that week. Um, imagine you don't know the story for a moment. But like the original audience who didn't know the story you're extremely familiar with the stories of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the book that we call Daniel. In that story, Magi from the east, that's Babylon, were the simpletons. The joke was always on them. In Daniel chapters 1 and 2, the Magi are lining up for execution, in fact, because of their incompetence. And Daniel comes to save the day, the Jewish young man who's brought in to be trained among them. He saves the day by telling the king his dream and its interpretation. The dream was about four kingdoms, Babylon and three kingdoms that would follow. During the time of that fourth kingdom, which turns out to be the Roman Empire, God, according to the dream, would establish a kingdom by sending a king, not from human origin. A king that would bring about an eternal reign, of peace and joy. Fast forward back to our story of the Magi. And it's the Magi from the east, Babylon, Persia, whatever whatever they were calling that place at that particular time in history, who were in the know and it's the Jewish king Herod who is only reactive and proves to be very ignorant. The Magi see the Christ child's star, the Messiah's star while they are in the east, they are outside the land And they come to worship as king, this baby, Herod, who lives in the land, seeks to kill him. But as we'll see, the joke is on Herod.
1: When Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, sorry, (laughs) he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him.
0: The Messiah was a threat to Herod, who was a pseudo-king, a mere puppet of the Roman occupiers. His interest, Herod's, is in the location of the Messiah, the one-born king of the Jews. His interest is not in its novelty, nor is it a desire to come and, and worship him by any means. His interest is purely survival instinct. The quotation from Micah describes the ruler who had come as one who would shepherd my people Israel. The king as shepherd was a metaphor they understood. That's different than what we have, leader as chief executive. That's not shepherd, not the same kind of thing that's communicated. Herod was following a different model as well, a model of king as middle management. Rome was really in charge, but he did whatever he had to to keep them happy. The one born king of the Jews would be a shepherd king. He would care for the flock. He would feed them and nurture them, protect them. Herod was doing what anyone would do, trying to protect his own power. Rarely, if ever, does anyone feel that they have too much power, though they may have more than some. And find the person who would like to have less power, whether they think they have more than others too much or the right amount. Nobody's wanting to give up their power. They'll protect it. Well, Herod is protecting his power, or so he thinks, by trying to kill this one that would be competition for the throne. That the people were disturbed is also interesting. Herod was disturbed. I get that. But the people under his rule, well, frankly, they're like the abused in an abusive relationship. They suffer under his rule, but they're disturbed. And I think that may well be like what often happens in abusive relationships. They get upset when someone comes tinkering, even though they need help and deliverance. Just don't mess with the apple cart because we've got it as balanced as best we can.
1: After they had heard the king, the Magi went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
0: I'm reminded a little of the Israelites in the wilderness. They were led through, by, through, through the day by a cloud and at night by a pillar of fire. Yet now it's the Persian magi, the simpletons, the object of the joke that are being led through the darkness by the star, by the light. They found what Herod and his teachers of the law could not find. And they outwitted Herod because of a dream, a reversal of Daniel and his companions. Daniel was given a dream to our understanding to know the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. But here it is the Magi that are given a dream that outwits King Herod. And so they're ahead now of Herod and what he's doing. And they bowed down when they arrived and worshipped in a costly way as one would a king.
1: When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son.
0: Herod is outwitted by yet another dream. Joseph now escapes to Egypt. In the end, it is Herod who dies, not the child. This verse from Hosea, out of Egypt I called my son, and Hosea referred to the exodus of Israel out of Egypt. Out of Egypt, I called my son Israel. But Israel had failed to live up to the covenant, to live into it for that matter, and they had broken it repeatedly. Jesus is now the true Son of Yahweh, the true Israel. And all who are joined to Him become a part of that true Israel.
1: When Harry realized, that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. When what was said through the prophet Jeremiah then was fulfilled, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted because they are more.
0: When we sing, "O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, who mourns in lowly exile here," until the Son of God appear, I think of these verses. That's what comes to my mind every time. Rama is on the road just outside of Bethlehem. It's the burial place of Rachel the favored mother of Israel, the wife of Jacob's choosing. When Jeremiah first spoke these, those words that were quoted, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children. When that was first spoken, it referred to Judah being taken captive to Babylon. The, the, the people had been rounded up by the Babylonians and to pins, chained together. As you might envision in old and ancient warfare. And they're awaiting their deportation. They're going to be led in chains to Babylon. I'm sure many would die on the way. Yet, Jeremiah pictures Rachel, who's buried just over yonder, weeping as she sees what has happened to her people, her children. She's weeping because they are no more. They're being taken out of the land. They're being dispersed to the ends of the earth, as it were. Matthew recognizes that Herod, the king of the Jews, was oppressing the Jews every bit as much as Babylon ever did. And once again, Rachel is weeping. The deliverer has come, but he is only in his infancy. They must wait a little longer.
1: After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelius was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene.
0: What's been evident throughout is that the Lord has been working through dreams to thwart Herod's plans to kill the one who could save the people. And through these very means, he places his son in a backwater district called Nazareth, ensuring his son would always be associated with lowliness. Nazareth was the wrong side of the tracks, to be sure, but it also set him up to fulfill prophecy, because he shall be called Nazarene. This Christmas as we reflect on the birth of Jesus our King. Let's remember that he truly is a king but he is a king of a very non-kingly in a very non-kingly sort of way he is not a king as the world fashions kings he is humble he serves he gives his life up this christmas let's consider whether we will be magi the unlikely worshipers of jesus or maniacs those who, like the maniac Herod, seek to destroy Jesus' right to the throne in our own lives, in order to maintain our control and power. Some will outright deny his right to rule. Most will verbally acknowledge that right, but in how they make decisions, they deny his right to rule over them. For those like the Magi, who choose to be those unlikely worshipers, we begin a journey in which we are sojourners, or Migrants like Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Like the Holy Family, we become a part of a country that is not our own. Living in exile, as Peter would have put it to the churches. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have heard your word. We have contemplated your word. May your word work in us. In such a way that we like the Magi, would become unexpected worshipers of Jesus and that we would worship Him in such unexpected ways because of our great joy at seeing the star being led to His manger, as it were, and seeing God become an infant, the humility of God, and ultimately, eventually, the crucified God In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand worship. Sing we the song of Emmanuel this the Christ
1: who is long longed for its Low in the shadows of Bethlehem Promise of dawn down our
0: eyes behold God most high manger laid